All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, time now for On the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize, or you can download their new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy as we uh, welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, did you make your way to Philadelphia spec already? No, not no, yet. I'm still in uh, Nashville. Ooh. I got a nice, uh, easy 11:50 flight to Ooh. Philly. Unlike that rookie Daniel Nugent Bowman, <laughs> about a six six thirty flight this morning to find out that five Oilers are practicing. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, veteran, nice eh? early. that's a veteran move, isn't it, Spec? Oh. Uh, Take them out to dinner tomorrow night, and we'll sort it out. <laughs> so when you would see DNB, and of course we're talking from the athletic Daniel Nugent Bowman who covers the Oilers, and again, you think about it, Spec, years ago there used to be so many more media traveling, and I guess you and, and DNB are two of the few guys that make it to pretty well every trip now. Um, so kind of you know expand on that dynamic i remember years and years ago you know there'd be 12 14 people at media dinners and going out and having a beer now it's it's a little lonely out there isn't it yeah it, it's it's different for sure uh, basically non-affiliated media so you know there's the Oilers web team and mm-hmm. then there's the uh you know the guys from ched and sportsnet yeah. but they all sort of fly on the charter they're sort of closer to being members of the Oilers family, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys like Daniel and I are the, are the only two guys out here that are, you know, what I would say, completely independent. Yeah. Uh, so we're flying commercial, which is fine. I don't need to fly on the charter. But you're chasing a team now. In the old days, you used to fly commercial with the team. Uh, so it, it's really not that big a deal. You know, the hardest part is a day like today, trying to make practice. You know, you book your flight a long time ago. Like, remember, you're waking up for a six, you want a 6.30 flight. Well, you don't get to bed after a game till one. You got to be out of your hotel by four. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at two and a half, three hours sleep. I've done it lots and I'll do it again. Mm-hmm. But when you when you do that, uh, you better hope they're having a practice because sometimes they cancel practice and you're sitting in Philly at 9 a.m. with nothing to do. <laughs> but not you, <laughs> <Right>? not you. <laughs> well, lucky today, uh, but whatever. No, the point is, good. it's not uh, having not many independent voices following the team is never good. You want more and more. It's better when there's five or six guys out here uh, breaking stories and telling stories, and uh, the more the merrier, right? It's better for the fans. That's the whole broadcast industry, though. That's the way it's gone, unfortunately. And print. Yep. That's what I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, journalism industry, I guess you could say that, print, and that's the yep. way it has gone for sure. Uh, Mark Spector joins us from Nashville after a convincing win last night. Your overall thoughts on uh, what went down at uh, Bridgestone Arena? Yeah, I think if there's a metaphor for that game, it was probably a guy like Zach Hyman uh, who dug in and forechecked and and really worked and stopped on pucks and all those hockey cliches. Uh, you know, the Oilers were still playing a little bit of summer hockey in that first game, and they're much better mm-hmm. in the second game, but but they were still making great A mistakes. And last night, they got goaltending that every team needs. You never play the perfect game, Kevin, where you don't mm-hmm. need a few saves along the way. Uh, Jack Campbell was very good when he had to be. Does not You don't have to be making great A saves in every minute of the game. You just got to make some at the start when your team needs them. Uh, it was 4-1, to one and Nashville came on with a real push. Campbell shut him down. Eminem made it 5-1, and the game was over. So 
the workers worked and the scorers scored and the goalie stopped pucks. It looked like a real hockey team mm-hmm. last night. Mark Spector joins us from Nashville uh, for Booster Juice. And Speck, uh, I think you kind of asked the question to Leon Dreisaitl last night and he was like, you know, I don't even know what to say anymore. You guys know what, what my answer is going to be and I don't even really like talking about it. But, I mean, <laughs> it's there. I mean, this guy has just dominated the Predators. I mean, the amount of numbers that he's put up, the the quality of goals. And I mean, it's just crazy. No one can believe what he's doing. And he, he gets tired of talking about it, but I don't think the fans do, nor do we. Well, it's, it's you know, it, we've all seen these these things where one guy has a lucky team out there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he just crushes the Predators. It's What is he at in the he's last 12 games? 24 20, points or yeah, something? Yeah, 22 goals in the last 12 games spec, and he's got 34 points in the last 12 games. Now, in those 12 games, the Predators have scored 28 goals. The whole team of the Predators have scored 28 goals. <laughs> Leon has 22. <laughs> so it is, you know, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, no one has an explanation, least of all Leon Dreisettle. Uh, as Zach Hyman said, he scores against all the teams, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just this team he scores against, but uh, it is, it's, you know, we were talked about it before the game. The Predators are well aware of what's going on. They just can't stop it. Yeah. And, and it just works for Leon. I got no answers for you, pal. It just goes in when Leon sees that yellow jersey. Uh, he starts moving, I guess. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's uh, like his eyesight. It's like a, a bull with yeah. the red cape. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> like a bull in a red cape. That is what it's like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but for sure. Uh, you did mention Zach Hyman, and he had a wonderful game last night. He was on the puck uh, all night long. And um, that line, just kind of speak to the dynamic of that line with Warren Fogle moved up there. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, coaches are always stirring the pot, trying to find the right formula. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that line last night was their best line. I mean, I know Leon had some points and everybody was good, but that line to me was their best line. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, a very quiet, effective night at center ice mm-hmm. on that line, did his normal power play work. And Fogel's having a pretty good season. You know, this Fogel kid is really, I'll be honest with you, at 2.75, privately in his last you know couple of years the orders have felt like you know they haven't got that value out of the player mm-hmm. uh they've wondered as a third line guy making that kind of money you know we wondered they wondered uh but he's been a, this is a contract year for Fogel, and he's out to show this year that you know what's it's going to be time for a new deal for him and he's going to deserve it if he plays continues to play like this he'll be a factor he's big he's fast uh, he's got a, a developed a really nice wrist shot. So let's see mm-hmm. where it goes. You know, he's, yeah. he's due for a better season. And I think we're seeing one in the makings of one now. Well, again, we were always talking about uh, upward pressure from the third line. So in this case, the third line before was um, Holloway, McLeod and Fogel. So, and Fogel was the best of the three on that line. Mm-hmm. So when you look at what Connor Brown had been doing, and, you know, again, we've talked about him as well, having the um, tough uh, circumstance of coming back after a year off with the injury. So Fogel was the, you know, he was the logical solution to be moved into that top six role. But now it's up to him to go, I ain't coming out of there. So it's got to hold the job. Right. And that's, so this is the internal pressure that makes a good team. You got to have enough players so no one can get comfortable, enough good players, enough guys who can push, you know, so Fogo makes a push today and 
and Holloway is going to make a push at left wing. And if a guy like, you know, Evander Kane has a stretch of bad games, the coach has got an option, Yeah, right? He's got a guy to slip onto that left side. And, and you know, he's got Nugent Hopkins can go over to center if he needs him to. And, you know, even underneath and on defense, Dearnay hasn't even played yet. And he's champing at the bit to get in. And, you know, I'm not saying he's a – He's a high-end great defenseman, but he's a top-six defenseman, and he wants to play. Mm-hmm. And the first night that there's a defenseman that needs a night off, there's a guy waiting there to take his job for the night at least. So this is a good team, right? This is why this defines a good team. It's not just six or seven good players and a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. right? They got more than that now. Options. That's all coach wants. And again, we haven't even seen, and we will see it uh, sometime uh, down the road where the Oilers go with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins as the top three centers. We will see it. Um, There's no question about it. You have to. Um, Why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, When you touched on uh, Jack Campbell, made 42 saves last night, none bigger than the old, uh, well, the Scorpion, if you want to be called it that. Uh, My buddy Bud Baker, who texts in all the time, says, it's the Scorpion, leave it at that. I, I was trying to think of another name for that type of save, Speck, and our, our friend Chad sent in a text and called it the Soup Ladle. I kind of liked that one. I thought it was a neat kind of thing, but uh, that was yes. the big, hey, the Soup Ladle, what do you think? Not bad? No, nah, not bad. Yeah. I like the Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I do one thing by the end of this program, Speck, I'm changing the name of that save. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, I one, support you. Yeah, I support okay, you. Okay, well, you, when you do your next article and you say when uh, Jack Camel made the Scorpion save, it'll be called the Soup Ladle in the next spec article on Roger Sportsnet. Um, but he was great, I mean, in that sense, and you you did mention that pushback spec. When it was 4-1, he made the Scorpion save, and then uh, O'Reilly rang one off the post uh, from the ladies' tees, as I, I said earlier, just hammered one. Um, it was about kind of quashing that momentum that the Preds had built up. And that's something we didn't see, you know, in the second game. The first game, it's a wash, whatever. But again, they grabbed the momentum back, and that's a sign of a good team. Uh, What do you look forward going into uh, the second game of this road trip tomorrow in Philadelphia? Well, I mean, the first thing on Campbell that that I think you'll want to see is you know, he's it's it's well documented. He said it many times. His issue as a National Hockey League goaltender has mostly been mental, mm-hmm. right? He has allowed, you know, a bad performance or, or an unlucky performance or maybe a bad goal to linger and affect his game going forward. And he has to figure it out. No mm-hmm. goalie can exist like that, right? You can't let last you know the the second goal caused the third goal because you're still thinking about it so for him to have he had a great preseason his team falls apart in front of him in the game one of the season he gets pulled that's the kind of thing that used to you know he spent a week rumbling around jack campbell's head mm-hmm. and he comes out in his next start and he's fantastic so that's a, a really really good sign that here's a guy who's trying to have a a very recent memory and forget about things. And he's shown that he's making strides there. So that's good. Um, I think they came on the road trip, Kevin, mm-hmm. planning on giving Skinner one start and Campbell one start. I think that was the plan. So I don't think that they would take that start away from Skinner at this early juncture of the season. I mm-hmm. think they want to get both guys going here. Okay. I, I'm guessing, I don't have any evidence here, but I'm guessing it'll be a Skinner start in Philly. I understand people saying, hey, 
Campbell played great. He's earned a second start in a row. He certainly has, and we'll get to that point, I think. But with two goalies, and maybe only one of them's had a good game here, uh, the coach wants to get both guys going. I think he's got a team that's playing better. I think he wants he wants Skinner in his mm-hmm. net Thursday, I predict, and with a with a properly playing team in front of him. So he's got a chance to get some confidence and have a good game. I think that'll be the plan. So that would be a plan right off the hop. And so we know the plan for the first two games was a split no matter what happened. And, I mean, Campbell got pulled. Uh, Skinner was yeah. starting at home uh, no matter what. So you feel that this plan was in place right off yeah. the hop? And we will I see Skinner? So. Okay. That's a, that's fair. So. It's fair. It always and I mean it's so early. I, I have no problem with that from a coaching standpoint standpoint because it's so early in the season. Um, yeah. If that was your game plan, then then so be it. Um, yeah, I think you you got to get your guys rolling. You mm-hmm. got to get all your guys going. And and so far, a really positive sign from Jack Campbell, who was very good last night. Now let's give Skinner a chance to get his game rolling. I think like I get it. I mm-hmm. get what they're trying to do. It's a long season. They need both guys. You don't want one guy sitting around too long. So. You know, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Camel made some great saves in the third period when the game was already well in hand. I mean, uh, Nashville had a couple of chances. Uh, uh, Yusuf Parson and had a couple of chances. Campbell shut the door there too. Hey, did you know there was a big hit uh, on Parson in uh, in the first yeah. period by Connor McDavid? Do you think yeah. he's being a lot more physical this year? Yeah, I certainly noticed that hit, and I saw we saw. I don't know if it was the Sportsnet broadcast or or the Nashville one, mm-hmm. but they had a very close view from a handheld camera. Uh, that happened to be right where that hit took place. And you could read Connor's mind, right? Mm-hmm. The Parson and Parson and kid was open. He's along the boards. He was open to be hit. He, I don't know whether he thought, I, ah, it's 97. I'm okay to sort of leave myself a little vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And you could just see it in Connor McDavid's face. He looked at the play and thought, wow, there's a hit here. Why aren't I taking this hit? <laughs> You know, and he leaned in and drilled the guy like it was a clean, solid, hard body check. And, you know, he's not trying to hurt anybody, but there's a guy said he's he's sending out a message. Everybody's hitting me all the time. So don't leave yourself open or I'll drill you back. And Mm -hmm. I love to see a star player handed out once in a while, Kev, because so often they're the hammer or the nail. I should say it's nice to see Connor McDavid become the hammer once in a while. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Gives him a little more space too. So Spec, you're off to Philadelphia. Um, what about the Phillies, man? You're you're they're leaving town, but I mean that yeah. whole place will be just buzzing with Phillies talk. Yeah, it's it's a weird time of year. Like you know, in Nashville here, there's a few empty seats last night. It's 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 football yeah. time of year, right? There's college ball. There's NFL ball. Uh, you go to Philly now. The town is on fire because of the Phillies. They're going to be down in Phoenix playing baseball. The Eagles, I mean, let's face it, Philadelphia is first and foremost an Eagles town, and they're mm-hmm. going pretty good. You know, it's even the 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 Flyers and Philadelphia is a hell of a hockey town. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But the Flyers are like third or fourth fiddle going on here in yeah. Philly, right? On a Thursday night, you know, people are – I'm not sure uh, – Tomorrow night, there will be a Phillies game on concurrent with the Oilers-Flyers game, correct? Yep. Oh, no. You yes. know what? I think it's an afternoon game. Is oh, Duke, the Duke is going to check it out game? right now. I think it could be an afternoon start time. Um, the Duke is on it right now. Anyway, the, the point I'm making is we don't get this in Canada. You know, we don't have that understanding in yeah. Canada at all about that because yeah. we don't have all these teams, right? Yeah. Sorry, my phone's ringing. No, that's okay. Yeah, Uh, We don't have all these teams to worry about. 
when you're in an American city, the hockey team doesn't love having home games at this time of year because mm-hmm. there's just so many things going on that, frankly, take priority. Even in a great hockey town like Philly, uh, the Flyers are going to have a hard time getting anywhere near the front page on mm-hmm. Thursday night. Well, it's going to overlap a little bit. 3.07 our time, start time. So it'll be two hours and a little bit into the game by the time the Oilers drop the puck. Yeah, okay. Well, so, not I mean, bad. Not bad. Anyway. The way the Phillies are going, the game will be over in the third inning anyway. <laughs> Matt, how about Kyle Schwarber? Oh, Does he hit a long ball or what? Well, I mean, it's either out of the out of the yard or never out of the batter's box. <laughs> he had a he had a hundred and seventeen mile an hour exit velocity yeah. the other day. It's a get out of the way, I'm busy. <laughs> how about if that's coming back through the box at you, Kev? <laughs> yeah, that's the old uh, comeback or special. That's uh, oh, that's boy. look look out, home run spec on that one. Look out, home run spec on that one. You bet. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy right. enjoy your time in Philly tonight. All right. Good night, boys. All right. That's uh, Mark Spector. Uh, on the mark, energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. Man, uh, interviews coming uh, wild uh, right now. When we come back, Craig Button from TSN will join us for our Mr. Rooter headliner of the day. Stay with us. Tons more on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in our headliner of the day, Craig Button. Craig, good to talk to you. How are you? Hello. Sure, I'm kind of. I get to be the headliner of the day. You, you wow. are. Well, that's yeah. what we we How made. Far it. Did you have to go down the list to uh, to, to, to <laughs> eliminate other better headliners? You were at the top of the list, Craig. <laughs> top. Well, uh, I okay. mean, you know, th- that's the reason. You know, I I always like your takes, and, and one of the reasons, you know, that I, I I don't know, we sort of have a connection every time that there's a game and we're in the press box together. I don't know what it is, but I sort of gravitate towards you to kind of see what you're thinking, what you're looking at, um, because there's nothing in the middle. It's either one way or the other way. Um, so, and that's what's made you, I think, successful in the broadcasting industry, because you're, there's, there's no uh, right in the middle. It's you, you call it like it is, and you either like it or you don't, and that's the way it is. So uh, where did that come from for you when you kind of got into the broadcasting industry? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. I appreciate the, I, I appreciate the kind words. You, you know, one of the things that uh, I, uh, I, 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 I guess I can't go soft here, right? One of the things <laughs> I, I really uh, detest is, is indifference. Mm-hmm. I detest it. I, I, oh yeah, this, oh yeah, but maybe that, maybe that. Like, you know what? Take a position. And it doesn't mean your position is going to be agreed with all the time. If you base it on your own perspective, how you saw things, and, and, and you're not personal, then take a position. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I've never been one that's been indifferent. If I don't know, I'll say I don't know. But I'm not going to sit there and be like mushy middle. I, I got no time for it. And I got no time for people that that live in the mushy middle. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Oiler fans, they owe you a little debt of gratitude because after the 0-2 start, you're, I think your exact comment was if they play like this, they got no chance to win the Cup, which was true. So after... Well, True, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's, you know, it's, we're not, uh, this isn't rocket surgery here. Um, so after you watched last night, uh, what did you make of the kind of turnaround? I, I don't think Nashville played a particularly strong game for sure, especially UC Saros and defensively. But what did you make of last night's game? So, so I, I just want to go back to, to, to the comment about the fan. 
like the Edmonton Oilers fans mm-hmm. are, 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 ex- are extremely knowledgeable fans. They know what's what. Mm-hmm. You're not if you're not fooling them by 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 saying something like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's all good enough. Oh yeah, it'll all work." No, like we're dealing with it with with sports on a day to day basis, performances on a day to day basis. One of the beautiful things about sports mm-hmm. is that you you have a bad game on on a bad first two games. Well, you get to come back very quickly with your third game and 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 show people that they should believe in you. And that's what the Oilers did. On Tuesday night in Nashville, we know that they're capable. We know that they're good enough, and and it's not saying that they can't win. It's saying that if they play like that, they're not going to win. And I'm not stating anything that the players don't know. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it, and the fans know it too. So you know, like I heard this term used uh, just recently that Jay Woodcroft has a nuclear option available to him with. McDavid and Dreisaitl teaming up. And he used it in the game against uh, Nashville. And also with that, you you know, we know that, I mean, they're the two best players on the planet Mm -hmm. right now. And they they, they can drive play in in, in a way that gets the attention of the other team and and affords some of your own teammates an opportunity to get uh, matchups that are more favorable to them. And and, and Jay has that ability to, to pair them up. That's to me watching that game last night. That's what I saw. Zach Hyman. Uh, Zach Hyman to me mm-hmm. is is such a catalyst for whatever line he's on. And and you know signing him, having him in in, in the Oilers group, I, I think it's such a luxury because you can move him around and play him with so many different players. But whoever he plays with, or whatever line or whatever role he plays in, he he takes that line individual's role and 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 he 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 accelerates it to a higher level and you know that helps when when you're trying to find play when you're trying to find your team and trying to get it kind of you know the same you know you want to be firing on all cylinders that's what that's what a coach is trying to do mm-hmm. i don't think you ever have to worry about 29 and 97 but you want to get everything functioning right so you know you need to get darnell nurse calmed down like i said this about darnell I love the way Darnell plays. I love his spirit. I love his his his. his but he, he gets himself into problems by trying to do too much. So you're, you're trying to get everybody into into in, the right area of where they can maximize their abilities, and and that's what a coach's job is. I I, I thought that the orders did a really good job of that mm-hmm. uh, against Nashville, and it doesn't surprise me. But you you got to show me, and and I'm not just gonna hate. Oh, by the way, oh yeah, well, they're a Stanley Cup contender. We'll just let it go. No, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Craig Buttons, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, when you mentioned opportunity, that was something that Warren Fogle got last night, made the most of it. That line was unbelievable with uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was the best line on the ice. Uh, my question to you, Craig, I guess, is now this is an opportunity for Fogle to stay there. Um does that add more pressure to him? Can he play the way he is? Does he do something different? Uh, you know, what's his mindset moving forward here? Because this is an incredible opportunity afforded to him to play with two elite players in RNH and Hyman. What I would say to Warren is, you don't have to just do what you do best. Warren is an outstanding skater. He's got a heaviness to his game. And when he combines those two things together, he can be a very effective and very strong player. When, when Warren starts trying to steal around opponents and when he starts trying to play more of a skill game than a will game, mm-hmm. he's not going to be very effective. So 
everything for me starts with Warren with the skating and the heaviness. Be hard. Don't try to overhandle the puck. Don't even try to handle it too much. Get the puck behind. Grind the puck on the cycle. Go to the net. Open up space. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with the stick with the puck on his stick is it, it, creative. He's imaginative. He'll make good plays. We know how good. I just talked about Jack Hyman and mm-hmm. how good he is. So what Warren has to do is do what he does best. Bring your game to that line. Don't try to be something you're not. I think that that's for Warren. Listen, if Warren can get if Warren can get you 15 to 18 goals and help your team be successful by mm-hmm. getting on the board, cycling down low, then you got a good player. But, but but if Warren is going to score 20 goals or try to score or try to score 20 or 25 goals and not bring the heaviness, his value is is significantly decreased. Mm-hmm. So. Do what you do best, and then go and do that. And it is a great opportunity, Kevin. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, is what he has to focus his his attention on. Not well, not not trying to think. Oh, I got to score. No, you don't have to score. What you got to do is is play a purposeful game with your attributes. Uh, you know, that's such a middle of the road take, Craig. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Buttons, our guest on uh, Sports fourteen forty. Um, uh, we had Mark Spector on just before you, uh, Craig, and he's believes that there's a plan in place uh, for the first four games, I guess, to have the goaltenders rotate. That's what the plan was, to have uh, Jack Campbell start the first game, Stuart Skinner start the second. We know how that worked out. Jack Campbell played great last night. Uh, Spectre believes that Jay Woodcroft in the, the master plan to start the season was going to be going with Stuart Skinner tomorrow in Philadelphia. Is that, d- despite of what Jack Campbell did last night, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, what I would say is, is I think that the Edmonton Oilers have a, have the opportunity to have a really good tandem uh, uh, net minding uh, mm-hmm. effort, and and it doesn't have to. I I don't think either one of them right now. You you can just say, hey, that there's our number one. Yeah. You know, Jack Campbell got signed last year as a free agent, came in. You know, Stuart Skinner showed that he was ready. And then down the stretch and down the stretch, I mean, from February on, Stuart Skinner established himself as the number one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at that particular point in time, that, that was really important for the Oilers, and they got that goaltending. But until one of them shows that they're capable of really taking on the load, I, I think a tandem it, it can work really well. You know, you, it's not just did you play – the game is so much harder now for goaltenders – with every and we know that the clear cut, you know, fifty fifty five game a year goaltender, there's, it's it's just not there anymore yeah. to the same extent that it once was, and I think the expectation has to change. So you have Stuart Skinner find his game. You have uh, Jack Campbell help him find his game. There's a lot that goes into it, not just oh Jack played good, therefore he should play good the next game. Physically, I don't know how I don't know how much weight. Jack loses uh, in a game like he played in Nashville. And, and the, the Oilers have that information to them from a physio- physiological point of view. You know, we know what the numbers are. What type of work does he get? And how does it affect him in games going on? And I think you have to factor that in, this idea that, oh, he, he played good last game automatically. He plays the next game. I think when you have a tandem, I think establishing a tandem through not just through the first four games of the season, but through a, a, a big significant part of the of the season is really really important for for the Edmonton Oilers. And and then where we're at in February, maybe March, then you can establish. And and I'll go back to this. And and Edmonton Oilers fans know this. 
there was two goaltenders that did exactly that for the Edmonton Oilers, and they had lots of success. Uh, names Andy Mogan, Grant Shearer. Craig Buttons, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, text coming in to one 401 Team Dean says, love the game last night. It would make one switch. Flip-flop Kane and um, Holloway. Ooh, that's a that's a big, big take on that one. Um, we got a bunch of texts coming in. We'll get to them in just a, a minute. Uh, Craig, I always like to kind of talk about other stuff besides X's and O's, and I wanted to kind of uh, touch base with you and, you, and your, your dad, Jack Button, who basically started Central Scouting. A uh, long time ago. Um, so can you kind of just, you know, go back to when your dad was, you know, heavily involved in Pittsburgh and and around the league and things like that, and you were growing up and kind of getting that, I guess, wealth of knowledge, you know, not just from a father, but from like a hockey executive, I guess. What I would say to you, Kevin, is, is it was just what I knew. I, I, I didn't know anything different. So I, I, I didn't really think of it as, as, as anything special or outworldly. It was just that was the world that I, that, that I lived in. That was the home uh, that my parents, I mean, my mother worked at the Toronto Maple Leaf. She was punching like secretary. So I was exposed to, to it on both sides uh, with my parents. Mm-hmm. But I never really thought about it. It, it wasn't until... You know that uh, you, you you get a little bit older, and when I say a little bit older, I was I was well into my teens, even even when I was playing hockey and, and growing up playing and everything. And you know, I never it was just I played. I loved playing hockey. You know, I mm-hmm. I played at a pretty good level and played with some really good players, players that went on to the NHL. But at the same time, I never really looked at it as oh, it was just it was just my world. It was just what what happened. And then you do realize, and you you come to that moment in time. When you go, oh geez, uh, there was some really, there was some really neat experiences I had, and and, and benefits accrued, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from from being around it, and and hearing my dad talk, and we, we never, I mean, we would talk, we loved hockey, I'm, I'm sure in every household or in, in households across Canada, you know, people are talking hockey around their table, and certainly we did too, but. I, I, it was only much later in, in my teens and in my early 20s that I really started, wow, okay, this is, like, you start thinking about the business of hockey. You start thinking about hockey in a different way mm-hmm. than just playing it and everything. So, you know, obviously after the fact and, you, you, you know, people that uh, that my parents knew and my dad certainly was, was heavily involved in, in, in the business, you know, you, you, you now start to, and you hear stories. I, I, I get more you know, my dad never talked about what he did. He just did it. Mm-hmm. But to hear people that he worked with talk about him and how he treated people and how, how fondly they think of him, I mean, that still puts a smile on my face to this day. Well, for sure. Craig Buttons, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, Pat Kerwin does great work on NFL radio on Sirius XM. He, he wrote a book called uh, Take Your Eye Off the Ball, How to Watch Football by Knowing Where to Look. So, did your dad kind of teach you a little bit how to scout? Uh, I'm not saying you're, you're not looking at the puck, but just to kind of look at the game a little bit differently because a lot of people, you know, they're all just looking at the puck uh, a lot of the times when they're watching the game. So how did you kind of use what your dad gave you as knowledge to kind of go as a scout moving forward? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I would say, and, 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 you know, people might be surprised by this. You know, my dad didn't, Show me how to scout or tell me how to okay. scout or offer me tips on scouting. He, he never did. 
And you, you know, again, I'm going to go back to growing up. I, I played in I played in really good sports organizations and for really good coaches. So when you're playing for really good coaches and really on really good teams with really good players, what you what you what you understand is, hey, this, this is how the game should be played, and 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 you get your own ideas from your own experiences. And again, I talk about my parents. I also look back too on on my experience growing up and and all the wonderful coaches and all the good teams that I was I was able to be part of, mm-hmm. and and look at that as you know that's what I knew. And then you know I never worked with my dad. You know, when it comes to hockey, and, and certainly, I, like I grew up in the house, when it comes to hockey, Les Jackson was the biggest influence on me when it comes to scouting. I started with the Minnesota North Stars. He'd been an assistant coach. He'd moved over to the scouting. And, and Les was the one that I, would, that I wouldn't say is the one that influenced me, that guided me, gave me tips, gave me advice. And then you're working with the Bob Gainies and the Bob Clarks people that had had tremendous success players and winning and so you take those in and not that my dad and I wouldn't talk or my, or my brother and I wouldn't talk about things but the influences came outside of my father uh, because I mean when I started working in the NHL he was working for another team and I, I, I said this about my dad wouldn't tell me if my pants were on fire <laughs> if he if he knew that it was an advantage to him he, he never he never said my brother's the same now yeah. i mean i mean i mean I, we don't work we don't work together i don't work for another team but i mean he i mean he doesn't tell me nothing <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. we talk yeah. we talk and that's just that's just the way it is but those were the those are where the influences came certainly you watch how you, how how your yeah, the work ethic and how how you carry yourself and the, and the disciplines that are necessary to scout and, and you know detailed notes and things like that, which my dad was always very was was excellent at. Those are things that I took with me. But watching the game, you know, you have your own ideas from playing and being a participant. And then when you when you get in with another with with other people and, and they give you some insights and you look at different things and and even this. Ken Dryden wrote the game. Yeah. And I grew up in Montreal as a Canadian fan as a kid. And he wrote the game. And I remember reading the game. And it was it was one of those books. Oh, that's kind of interesting. But after we won the cup in Dallas, I read the book again. It, it had, it had, there was meaning in the book that was greater than just reading the book hmm. because of my experiences of, uh, of winning. It, and, like, and I'm not saying that you have to win to, to, to understand it, but it, it had more meaning to me. Because, I, because there was there was more in there where Ken was talking about how you try to form. So those influences all become significant mm-hmm. as you move forward, and you know that's how that, that's that's how I you know where I find myself, and you know where I where I give thanks for a lot of people that have been influential in my life. Because you can't be indifferent, correct? <laughs> well. <laughs> If you catch me being indifferent, uh, good luck. <laughs> uh, and I might be wrong, Kevin. In fact, I, no, you know, no, when no. I'm wrong, I'll say I was wrong. Or, uh-huh. You know, I, I made a mistake. But uh, if you find me being indifferent, I think uh, you, you, it's a rarity. No, no, exactly. No, you've got incredible insight for sure, Craig. Uh, what's on your kind of uh, radar as we move into the end of the week and this week as far as games go and what you're kind of keeping an eye on? really you know it's early in the season you're really trying to watch you know where teams are at and you you know we all sit down from the end of the season you know predictions what do we think about this team what do we think about this player and and go from there but it, it it's after 
now you want to see it all put like put into place, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people pick Stanley Cup and make their predictions. I watched the Dallas Vegas game last night, and you're watching that game, and I'm like, that was a playoff caliber game, yeah. first week into the season. It was unbelievable how intense and how hard it was. I mean, Vegas ends up winning in a shootout. The Colorado Avalanche. They're a good team. They made some moves. They had some issues last year, but, uh, you know, they went into Seattle. And, you know, you're looking at the Seattle Kraken now. Uh, they're falling behind the eight ball mm-hmm. early on in the season. So you, and, and the reason I mentioned that is because the Pacific Division, I think, is the toughest division in the National Hockey League. Yeah. L.A. goes into Winnipeg and has a pretty strong game here. Luke Dubois scores his first goal. And so when I look at the Vancouver gets waxed in Philadelphia, I look at this specific division where Edmonton resides. I think it's the toughest division in hockey. So really trying to zero in on, on teams. Vegas, obviously, the reigning Stanley Cup champion. I think that they're right there. Edmonton, we know, has, has the capability. L.A. wants to rise up. You know, the Calgary Flames want to show that last year was an aberration. Mm-hmm. So that's, re- that's really where my focus is early on here. And... You know, there's other part, uh, other areas of the league. I mean, it's exciting to watch Connor Bedard watching yeah. his first four games. It was, it was neat to just see him get his feet wet. But there's more than enough storylines. But that this week, it's it's more on the Pacific Division. Uh, one last one for you, Craig, just because he sort of brought it up, um, and I, I've touched on this for about two weeks now, saying that the Oilers need to get a, a kind of a hate on for Vegas. Would you agree with that after what happened in the playoffs last year? Petrangelo, Dreisaitl, etc. The Knights are the benchmark. Or is that too strong of a word? What, where do you see that? Some people agree with me. Some people don't. Well, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to offer my opinion on this. I'm going to offer uh, the words of Mark Messier. You know, sitting, you know, five times Stanley Cup championship with the Edmonton Oilers. And I heard him talk about it again a few weeks ago at a function in Calgary where him and Lanny McDonald were talking about it. And Mark talked about how the Calgary Flames pushed the Edmonton Oilers to be better. Mm -hmm. Playing in the division, the great playoff games, uh, the great playoff series they had. And he said, you know, early on, maybe Calgary wasn't that team that we took seriously, but they quickly became a team that we had to take seriously. Mm -hmm. And they pushed us. And, and we know what the games were like. It wasn't called the Battle of Alberta for, for just because it was a fancy title. It was a battle. Mm-hmm. It was it was bloody at times and it was hard. But Mark talked about how those how those games and how those team how, how those how the Calgary Flames pushed them. So I think when we you use the word hate on or the phrase hate mm-hmm. on, I, I think that. It's, it's through playoff series now. It's through divisional play. I wish there'd be six division games between the, the Vegas Golden Knights and the, and, and the Edmonton Oilers. Three, three in Vegas, three in Edmonton. Let's get it on during the regular season and we'll get it on. And I, I think that's where you get real significant heated rivalries uh, you know, over the course of time. And you know, certainly it's a little bit harder and more difficult to do it. Mm-hmm. But I think it benefits teams to start to realize, wait a sec, they have what we want right now. And they're, they're, they're in our path. So how do we get through it? I think that's an attitude that has to be adopted. Uh, always love talking to you, Craig. I uh, hope to see you in the press box soon so we can just do this face-to-face. How's that sound? 
It sounds great, and you know it'll happen. All right. Thanks, big guy. Thanks for coming on this morning. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, take care. All right. That is our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. When we come back at the top of the hour, well, we've got a few things to take care of. A lot of texts coming in. Uh, We'll get to those. Uh, Plus, David Schlemko, former NHLer and our co-host on Wednesdays 9 to 11, uh, will be in the studio here in West Edmonton Mall on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. 847 in Edmonton. Oilers coming off a big win last night in Philadelphia tomorrow. Who was that, Duke? That's not uh, who I think it was. Or is it? Uh, that's Morgan Wallen. Oh. Pretty pretty hot on the scenes these days. That's his uh, his first one, though, going back a lot of years for that one. Um, maybe we need to get a couple uh, Aaron Goodwin songs on it. Is that coming up in oh, the next they'll, one? They'll, they'll be coming They're up coming. Sure. You got them once, already uh, lined up? Once we get closer to Aaron joining us in studio here, I'm really he, looking forward to that. I think it's going to be great. And you know what I was going to say is that, um, because that Lonely Drum song, again, I think it's six years ago. Remember we had uh, Brett Kissel in the in the studio? That was in that was almost week one, I guess it was, too. Um, big Oilers fan. I believe uh, Aaron Goodvin's a big Nashville Predators fan. Wouldn't it be just all out like Schlemmer's here as well, so Schlemmer could kind of officiate, officiate in uh, Goodwin versus Kissel, just an all out death match in the Sports fourteen forty studio. We'd love to see it. Uh, text coming in. Uh, well, first Sean. Uh, Sean was uh, he laughed at rocket surgery when I said that with the the uh, Craig Button interview. Uh, then he goes, "It's October, the best sports month of the year, and we're listening to Craig Button's audio autobiography." Get on with it. Well, appreciate your text, Sean. But sometimes you you want to talk about a person, who they are, um, where they came from, and the things that they did to make them who they are today. And that goes with pretty well every guest. We talked about that with Sean Brown off the top. Um, you know, all the things that he did as a as a player in Austria and, a, and the things that he did when he was back in Belleville, um, it's not just X's and O's. I mean, we have to kind of get into other things, what's going on with that person. And that person ends up talking and being probably a better interview because they enjoy what they're talking about and they can branch out to do other things and talk about other things. Um, IMAX sends in a text, uh, and we were talking about the Connor McDavid hit on Yuso. Parsonin uh, last night with Mark Spector. Personally, I worry a bit about 97 hitting like that. It's an opportunistic hit to hit hard, not to hit, get a puck. So that's a, a much different message. The message from me would be, well, dude, you just made sure I'm going to ignore the three steamboats. I'm going to hammer you, not bump you. No uh, props given. Uh, IMAC. You know, you, you still have to make the play. Connor, it wasn't like Connor McDavid was hunting out Parson and he was he made the play, and here's the other thing: Parson's much bigger dude, but McDavid. Think about how good he is with edges and weight transfer and things like that. It's like hitting a golf ball. What is it? It's weight transfer. Hitting a baseball like Corbin Carroll's the same size as or uh, hits the ball the same distance as Kyle Schwarber, but is half the size because he gets through the ball. He hits. He, he's got the transfer. Uh, Kyle Schwarber just as pure muscles it out. When Connor McDavid hits the guy, and we saw that in game one against Vancouver, 
just because the guy might be a little off balance, but because McDavid has that center of weight and it's transferring that energy to who he's hitting is why he's flattening guys out uh, like that. Oh, Matt, Matt and Leduc. The only other name for the uh, Scorpion save could be the reverse Hashik, but that's nowhere near as good as Scorpion. Having said that, the soup ladle is still number one in my books. Thanks, Chad, for sending that in. Uh, Ricky in the donut. Warren Fogel reminds me of John LeClaire, <laughs> a pure power forward with a heavy net front presence. Maybe a tad early to be comparing Warren Fogel and... Uh, that line to the Legion of Doom, uh, man, that was a line that just crushed everyone. Mikhail Renberg, Eric Lindros, John McClare. Not a lot of fun to play against uh, back in the day. Uh, Jordan chimes in and send a text to us, one 401 We need Campbell to be rolling. I'd start him again tomorrow and give Skinner Saturday. Unless Campbell is stellar again, he needs the confidence. That's going to be an int- that'll be the question of the day tomorrow uh, when the Oilers have their morning skate. Uh, Team Dean, oh yeah, we all know who Button is—a Flames fanboy. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Craig Button has a keen eye for the game. There's no denying that. I mean, look at his takes. Listen to his his takes, and again. At least he's not in the middle. He's He is saying exactly what it is. If he's wrong, he says he's wrong. It's the way it is. Um, Team Dean also said, love the game last night, though, and we touched on this a tad. I would flop Kane and Holloway. Things, think it gives you three really good lines. I mean, that would be a ballsy move for sure. Uh, Kane has to get going, and that's why I think they'll leave him up there, obviously, for the time being with uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Cleanest hit over the last five years of the league for Connor McDavid. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we will uh, check in with uh, David Schlemko, our co-host from 9 to 11. Jordan Hall from NBC Sports Philadelphia to uh, discuss tomorrow's game and probably a little of the Phillies. Man, okay, so 10 nothing. Phillies beat Arizona to take a 2 nothing lead. Duke, as soon as something like this happens, everyone goes, there's no one that can touch the Phillies. And I mean, Aaron Nola was dealing last night. And I mean, when you got Wheeler and Nola going in two out of four possible games, can't get better than that. So my question to the Duke is, and I assume everyone thinks it's Texas being 2 nothing up on Houston, can anybody beat the Philadelphia Phillies? Duke, your thoughts. The D-backs certainly look outmatched, and uh, the game was close, right? Don't be indifferent, the, uh, Duke. I'm not being indifferent. I'm just teeing it up uh, to make sure we, we got everything covered. The, the D-backs were in that game, but uh, and the thing is, they were up on the two home runs early in the game, but then it was the, it was not the long ball. It was double, 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 double. So the Phillies showing they can beat you a bunch of different ways, but the Texas Rangers have that same ability on the other side of the bracket coming out of the American League. Houston won't go down without a fight, but I uh, I think Texas can certainly give Philly a run for their money in the uh, fall classic here coming up in the next couple weeks. What if Jordan Alvarez hits another couple of dingers? He, like, could, he could carry the team. Very, very capable. Very, and very much so. Here's No one wants the Astros to win, though. There isn't one person. Do you think that's still... Or is that Norman the Combine? He, Norman the Combine wants Norm, it. Norman the Combine is yeah. the Astros guy um, on it the show will, here. Yes, that will linger until every member of that team is off the team. Altuve... Um, is the 
well, there's well, Verlander, I guess, too, even though he left. Back, yeah. Um, but that will stay until it's, uh, I think, until Altuve's gone and the whole place is cleaned out. So uh, top of the hour, David Schlemko will join us in studio. Uh, when we come back, uh, also, uh, we will uh, check in with Brad McNamara and Aaron Goodwin, guests with us at 1020, country singing superstar. Man, it's going to be good to talk to him for sure. He's at... Uh, the beautiful bar tonight, Cook County Saloon. Never been there this week. <laughs> See you at the top of the hour before that. Uh, sports update brought to you by Cattail Crossing. Enjoy half-price golf Monday to Thursday. Elevate your game without emptying your wallet. Book your tee time today at cattailcrossing.ca. Here is the Duke.